0: Jenny Queen, and you are listening to So What Do You Do All Day, a podcast about work, what we do, and why we do it. Is it love, money, or something else entirely? Today, we'll be talking to E.J. Wise, who is a lawyer, owner of Wise Law. She's a cybersecurity specialist, also a cyber ecologist, and the leading specialist in Australia on cybersecurity. So I will start with The same question I ask everybody, EJ. So what do you do all day? I break hearts. (laughs) Oh, you break
1: hearts. Um, I I break hearts. Tell me more. So I didn't always start out to do that, but um, it turns out that I like to pit my mind against very fine minds and the minds of a lot of the black hackers are very, very fine. Mm. And and I I want to kind of break their hearts and not let them get at their target if one of my clients happens to be their target.
0: Okay, so you are working for companies and helping create secure communications for them.
1: Yeah, I, essentially I just, I'm an enabler. I want them to continue what, doing what they're doing. And, and at the end of the day, uh, no business owner or CEO or C-suite need to be told, how to suck eggs. They are uh, all risk managers. They do it every day. It's getting them to a point where they actually understand their risk map okay. for anything they're doing with technology and then giving them the power to say, well, okay, I'm willing to take that risk. That one is my crown jewels. You need to cover on, on that one. Okay. So,
0: now, you say black hat and I do know what you're talking about, but just in case anybody doesn't, can you explain what a black hat
1: Hackers. okay well apart from being a very fine look um along with a little black dress uh, (laughs) because hackers hackers come in all genders um essentially we're talking about you get the hat color according to where you spend the majority of your time and because of that there's white hats which are generally government workers who are very good at the technical side of things they can write code they can Bug test they can um, do a version of penetration testing and and try and find things out that way. Uh, there's a black hat who generally has done that sort of. Um, they've learned that on the on the streets, if you will, maybe not always within a legal framework. And and there's a there's a bit of a joke in the community that a good white hatter probably wore a gray hat, if not a black hat at some point, because there's only so much you can do in a simulated, you know, red team or blue team environment where, and when I say red team, blue team, I mean fighting against each other. You mentioned pen testing,
0: which uh, is a short for penetration testing. That would be a case
1: of, well, you you explain it (laughs) because
0: you're going to do a lot better (laughs) than I
1: am. (laughs) So I, you know, I'm not as huge a fan of the pen testing community, penetration testing community, and that's nothing against people who are in the middle of those courses, who complete those courses, and that's how they spend their life. But I, what i also tell one of my clients is this is a point in time test. I um, am extremely confident that I will be able to break your system. That's not an issue. What I'd like you to consider is that the money you're going to spend on this point in time test, we could invest in your crown jewels and in general defensive measures You decide if if you need for whatever for the rest of your C-suite or for your employees to see, yes, at this time, at this point, this is how we gain entry to your system, sure, invest in a penetration test. But essentially... If you like, um, say today you threw down the gauntlet and you said, "Okay, you go 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 ahead and penetrate test me right now." Um, I would, you know, look at the easiest way into your system to achieve X. And let's say what I wanted to do was to find out your Medicare card number. I might brute force into your email. I might socially engineer you. There's a lot of ways you can do it, or I can just sit there and socially engineer. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's where I ring up and I say, oh, good afternoon. May I speak to you? And I say your name and you go, well, that's me. And I say, oh, hello, I'm calling from the Australian tax office. We're doing a survey on people who've put in for a COVID-19. Have you put in for that? No. No fine um i need to just verify your medicare number and then i ring it read out a medicare number that's not yours and you say that's not correct <laughs> and then and then and then i say oh i'm sorry but this is your date of birth and you go yes and i say well can i have that please yes i'm now about to send you a text message with a verification code can you read that to me yes and now i'm in oh my god <laughs> Mm. Oh, golly, sneaky.
0: Okay. And that's
1: not even a real – that's not a technical penetration test. But for me, for my bang for buck, I'm going to get into your system the easiest way I can. And frankly, for most of the law firms, it's walking into the building physically and bringing with me whatever it is I want to inject into your system or extract from your system. And I'll probably do it with a dirty USB. You won't know I've been in. Oh, my God. That's so like a movie. Well – there's all these so so. I like, like, do a you put on like a, a wig that's... and then you're like at the high heels? <laughs> exactly. That's... Like if I just look like a normal paralegal bringing in four coffees, you're actually going to open the door for me.
0: Yeah, I'm absolutely confident that I could walk into most places
1: pretty easily. Yeah. yeah, well we'll talk afterwards about a a, a day job
0: for <laughs> you. Yay, I could so use a day job right now, man. Um okay, this is fascinating. I don't even my brain is exploding at the moment. Um I know that COVID has created some absolutely huge cybersecurity problems. So my next my follow-up question was going to be, but then I got sidetracked cuz this is really fascinating. Um so how has COVID changed? How COVID-19 changed what you do all day?
1: Thank you. Um So let's say prior to COVID, 60% of the world's population is connected. They're either doing it for work or they're doing it from home or a bit of both. And then post-COVID, we're now at a 90% average Mm. world population of those who have access to that kind of technology, all connected. And, And even better, I mean, this is just like daydream material for a hacker. They've done it in a rush. They've done it in a rush, so the figures that are coming in, and we don't always get all of them because some people don't know they've been um, penetrated or breached for six to nine months, and that was that's evident in a lot of the recent breaches. And um, what we're getting so far is the 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 peak is yet to come, but so far we've had like a tenfold increase just in the first four weeks of COVID.
0: Oh my goodness. Now, see, I am deeply, I'm like, I've got that like flush of adrenaline and and I'm not, I'm not a company that just horrible, like realization that just sort of washes over you going, maybe I should have used more than three passwords over the past 12 years.
1: (laughs) And I'm, you know, I'm going to give you and anyone listening some really simple, no cost ideas about passwords because that one really irritates me mm-hmm. that it's such a simple thing and we can all get it right. And you don't need a memory better than me because if you've got an iPhone or the equivalent, you can put it in a little locked note. You can lock a note. You can lock a note. It's a huh. little square with the up arrow. And then you go click on that and then you scroll down and it says lock note. And now only me with my little... Finger on my phone gets into that level and then I put my finger on my phone with my fingerprint authentication. Am, so there's two levels of security just to get my list of passwords.
0: I am actually covering my mouth so that you can't hear me <laughs> laughing at myself.
1: Um, <laughs> I can't like, the, the The hardest part, is if you are working in a secure environment, you are actually going to need to remember. So when I was working in very secure environments, for example, in the Pentagon and in other places in the defense department, you cannot take even a Fitbit. I'm if very aware your watch of is that. too smart, you yes. cannot take that stuff. You're going to need to remember passwords. But for me now in civilian life, oh, it's bliss. It's all in my little phone in my little lock note. Wow, I feel so
0: silly. Okay, yes, no, that. no. I do, I feel silly because um, I don't even know you can lock a note. That's but let's go back a little bit because I've I've got so much I want to ask you about and like
1: there's only so many hours in a day. Um, I know, I know. I, I do want to before you do. I'm just going to finish on the have we seen an uptick oh, thank since you. COVID, and and what I wanted to 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 really spell out spell out is. These criminals have beautiful minds and they already had a system for what they're doing and now, so they already knew easy ways to social engineer you, to brute force passwords, to find out when you're doing transactions. They know when to lay low in your machine and wait for something better to happen or your email. They didn't need to change a thing. This all just came onto their lap. There's now all these unwitting, unwilling, unknowing, innocent consumers nervous about a pandemic, nervous about money, handing over information. If I knocked on your front door and asked for the sort of information you're being asked for over email or online, you would call the police. But because there's this sense of, I don't know, assuredness because it comes in an email, people are reacting and, and they're also, I'll finish the segue, but uh, the best thing for a hacker is when your middilla is doing the thinking instead of your frontal lobe. So when does that happen? Oh, I don't know when you're in a pandemic on yes. lockdown. Yeah. So you're already so flushed and heightened. And then I just need to add one little trigger now. Um, the email says act now <laughs> Click this link for your instant COVID relief, for the COVID cure, for the Trump, you know, inject your veins, with, uh, whatever it says. For the bleach injection. The bleach injection. <laughs> or the injection. UV injection. Guaranteed. It's guaranteed. Oh. Um, you will not suffer from COVID. You will also not suffer from life. Mm. Um, <laughs> mm. but, but, you know, we're already primed. So they haven't needed to change a thing. In fact, it's almost now they've got a, they can be choosy. Oh, really? That one's only worth $1,000? I'll go over to the next one for 10000 That's not oh. even worth my while. All right. Well,
0: I'm really glad that people get to hear this right now because it seems pretty <laughs> important.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: my goodness.
1: It was always important, but now there's just a lot more people uh, with a lot less awareness. And a and, lot more vulnerable and, people, I expect. Yes. Yep. Golly.
0: Okay, so my next thing I was kind of curious about, and you, you mentioned that you worked at the Pentagon. I know that the male-to-female ratio at the Pentagon <laughs> would be uh, – I actually did security studies at University of Chicago for a while. Oh. And the, the male-to-female ratio there was not great. And, mm. and I know everyone had a different um, way – every woman I knew had a different way of handling it. I never did get my – bearings really i never had a good (laughs) i i had a great experience and i had a great education but i never really did have like a way to get by but i noticed that your name is ej you put your name through as ej Mm -hmm. and i know you you Mm -hmm. were military i know you worked uh, at the pentagon and i found it interesting that it's ej because that sounds like a very (laughs) military strategy to me
1: (laughs) it is it is. And, you know, actually most of the time that you're in the military, you're being addressed by lower ranks as ma'am. Um, so that's easy. And I, in fact, would use my my first name, which is Emma, uh, when I was still in the military. But when I started up a specifically cybersecurity law firm, I didn't necessarily want to come over as female and I, I only got my photo up on the website in the last, I don't know, six months because I actually wanted people who aren't as comfortable in females company or in a trust relationship with females to still go ahead and give us a go. Um, and that's, it's a double-edged sword because I'm also not trying to slow any progression but when I joined the, the you know, the Royal Australian Air Force in 1997, women were 16% of uniformed yes. uh, service people. And when I left in 2018, we were still 16%. Yep.
0: So
1: um, there's one is law is even though approximately half of law students are female, once you get into the higher courts, the higher ends of law firms, the higher parts of it, general counsel, the women numbers have just Absolutely fallen away, and we're maybe thirty percent. And then when you look at technology, cyber, and security, reflective of your studies back in the University of Chicago, women disappear. I'm so, very aware yeah, of it. The, e- <laughs> <laughs> the EJ. Some people call me EJ, which is fine. Whatever you can't like really call me what you want, um, but listen to my advice, please.
0: Absolutely, I just was. I was interested in EJ because I was thinking, you know, when you work in male-dominated spaces, sometimes, for me anyway, it's, it's easier to not play up the feminine, um, which is unfortunate
1: because whatever. It's – I actually – I was I, – that was a bit of a mistake for me. I'd worked as a lawyer for three years in the Commonwealth before I, I did join up. And I think part of it was I was sick of wearing high heels to go to court, and I was sick of you know Sorry. these other women who were that. always going to be right. They are always going to be prettier and look better in a suit than me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go to the military, and then we'll all look the same. And I had this real image of uniform uniformity. My gender is going to become irrelevant, and they're going to listen to my advice. And that was a huge mistake. It doesn't make a difference. The first thing that walks into the room is your boobs. And you are justifying your position from that point. Mm. I, I'm fortunate to be friends with a woman in the Air Force in Australia who was born into a male body. And she's a woman and I've known her for a very long time. And so at one point I did an interview with her when I was running a mentor group in the Pentagon for Women and I just said, I've got to ask you this question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she knew, I think, what I was going to ask. I said, because in a way it was like having a spy. All this time she'd been a spy, right, in male skin. And I said, did you feel like you dropped from the first class gender to the second class gender? And there was no pause. There was just yes. She said, "For all my, the, all my combat, all my medals, all my qualifications and skills, I had no idea it was the penis speaking."
0: Wow! So she had been in combat. Oh yeah,
1: oh yes, and she that was, she was not respected. the equivalent of the Air Force infantry. Jeez! And and now she spends the first thirty minutes of her brief justifying her position until she just gives up and gets a man to, to run the idea for her.
0: Well, that's terribly disappointing. Let's talk about um the hmm. powerful aspect of what you do, which is actually, no, this is what I want to talk about. I just wanted to talk about the fact that you have had an amazing trajectory in your career. It's one of those sorts of things that you don't, you just don't expect. You've gone from park ranger to lawyer for the defense force, to mm. uh, your own company, this uh, Wise Law of
1: uh, cybersecurity. How did that happen? Uh, looking back, you can see that it looks a little odd, but you know, I I loved nature, uh, and getting into the science degree was easier than getting into the law degree. I'll be honest. So I did, you know, graduate law separately, thinking that I would in fact be an environmental lawyer. And I'd done a a master's in environmental law. And when I joined the Air Force, they said, oh, you'll do plenty of environmental law. But it really didn't play out. And in fact, I became much more interested in cybersecurity because it seemed to me that we were a system out of balance and with ecology even if there is disorder, essentially, once the system is balanced, it keeps working. And ecology teaches you that. And so, I now see a business as I go into it: is this system in order, or is it out of balance? And even for the Defence Force, which you know I donated or, or dedicated 20, 21 years of my life to, and I, I, you know, obviously subscribe to the values and the vision. If I could have my druthers, if I could have an hour in the ear of the Chief of the Defence Force, it would be have you ever thought about being Australia's dynamic force instead of the defence force? Oh my God, because, I love that so much. <laughs> right? If you look at it from a martial arts perspective, and I used to train in Aikido a long time ago, if you're always pushing one way, just by very de- definition, you are out of balance and more easy to knock over. That is so true. <laughs> can, we, can we pull back into what what's the purpose of the defence force? Well, it's protecting Australia and its interests fine that is fine but are you really going to do that by only thinking defense tell me one football team one league whose coaches go in and say guys we're on defense but I'm a striker uh-uh your defense your defense your defense your defense So the team never gets beaten but it never wins
0: you just made my pulse rate go up that's such no! an amazing <laughs> idea thank you <laughs> Can we get this woman some time with uh, the head of
1: a defense force anywhere, maybe in the U.S. Yeah, too? Yeah, I would really like that. <laughs> Actually, I, I sort of know the chief of the Air Force. We were deployed together at the same time. So maybe I could call in a favor and God, say, hey, where were you deployed? Deploy. You've been so deployed? I was deployed to the Middle East. Yeah, oh, Yeah, I've had two deployments um one was in 2003 back in the well in fact I I landed in the Middle East before we we started our bombing runs and I was the first lawyer in the area of operations so that was that was fun and there was already a Canadian JAG there and then later on I helped the United States Air Force JAGs Army JAGs set up so that was really cool yeah, I've got my medals and I don't like violence. And I think every nation state will always use it as a suite of tools. And while I'm gentle in nature and I'm nature loving, I think what a lot of people confuse is a government decision for the people who enforce it. And that's the same with the police force. A lot of ways, you know, you can see police violence and things, but nothing's going to happen that isn't already a government decision.
0: That's absolutely true. No, that's a decision. Yes, I, yes, yes. You're kind of preaching so, to the choir on this one. but yes. Right?
1: So, so, so be careful who you vote for. So if you don't want to be involved in long-term um, battles for weapons of mass destruction that turn out not to exist, it actually came down to who you voted for. I agree. And they're going to use... That the, their diplomacy as such, and then the military becomes part of that diplomacy. So, you know, it, it was a part of my life that I'm quite proud of because actually, in uniform, the majority of your practice, certainly in the Royal Australian Air Force, is international humanitarian law.
0: I know that's something to be very proud about, and I don't know that the Australian <laughs> I don't know that the Australian military advertises that enough because I think it's remarkable.
1: We, we're actually one of the nations that. Does all the training that we're supposed to do annually in accordance with both the International Committee of the Red Cross and the Geneva Conventions and additional protocols. So every single person that gets to hold a weapon and go into harm's way knows exactly when they can use force and
0: really so they're like they absolutely
1: train in geneva protocols that's the- a hundred percent that was a big part of my job that's why i still like the education role that i have in wise law because i'm used to standing in front of a thousand people uh, about to go in harm's way and explaining to them this is it you know and having frightened medical people in front of me saying but what if but what if and i say well under the Geneva Conventions, if your medical tent is overrun by what you know the other side, then you keep working. Mm. Those are the rules. You save their lives. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. It's the same Hippocratic Oath. And, and standing in front of air crew who are saying, but what if we end up in this territory and the plane goes down and that's where we are at? And I say, well, you remember how you did that survival training in pilot school? That's where this comes in. And God. it's, you know... No matter how terrified you are, it's still not okay to perform an act of murder. And, you know, Abu Ghraib, all those things, um, they all happen when your force doesn't understand the consequences and
0: or there's a tacit allowance for it. There is a tacit allowance for and or. But I think in the case of Abu Ghraib, there was a tacit allowance. I mean, I think we know that now, actually. Yes. There was actually paper, There's paper trail.
1: And and I feel that, so so for me, I was a combatant, medical and, and you know, priests, padres, they're non-combatants. They should never be targeted. But as a, as a legal officer, you can be a target. And in fact, some people say lawyers, all the more. You know, the first against the wall. Were, mm. you know, um, I think Shakespeare, first against the <laughs> wall. So, of people were very happy with the idea that lawyers were combatants. But it meant that um, you know, both I had to train in a weapon every year, but also that I'm intimately familiar with um, drafting rules of engagement. And in fact, when I went over to the Middle East with the P3s, which is an aircraft type. It's a surveillance reconnaissance aircraft I drafted the the rules of engagement. They were approved by our prime minister. So I knew exactly what we could and couldn't do. And then it was my role to get the air crew and or their team to understand them. And the implications are that at the end of the day, the Australian government may choose that you're going to be in a position where your life is forfeited and that's what you signed up for.
0: I mean, I suppose that's very much what a, a military, anyone who's signed up for military is. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's why... I know it must be very awkward for military people in America when people say thank you for your service because that's a bit pat. But no, I, under- I never
1: thought, you know, it, I think they meant it. it, it it's, I, I was surprised the first time it happened and then I actually think they actually meant it. And I to I me, think they do mean it. I really I do. really preferred that over our Anzac days, watching a majority male population get so blind drunk they couldn't, function.
0: You know, it's funny. It's it's the American <laughs> in me, in this. I took my son up to do Anzac, like the to light a candle and listen to the what is it, the last post? Because it's someone was playing in the park, and then we lit a candle, oh. and like so that's very. I want him to understand sacrifice. I think it's really
1: important, and that's it. And most of the people, you know, do it for all the right reasons. It's really what it comes down to is you. As a as a civilian, your civic duty is to vote wisely because those lives will end mm. when the politician makes the wrong decision. Can
0: you imagine if the U.S. had the same voting requirements as Australia? It would be a different ball game entirely.
1: It would be uh, it would be wow. It, I know. It would be a <laughs> different country. No words. Um, it would be two thousand and eight every single election.
0: Mm. Uh. That's something I've thought about a lot. I have another question about um, about the cybersecurity part of your job. I was just thinking about, and I should say for listeners, I'm talking. I'm going to talk about SCIF, which is a sensitive compartmented information facility. Which is, um, uh, you know what they are, right? <laughs> I do. Would you I'm like so to describe my career in one? <laughs> would you like to describe for for the listener what they are? Because I feel like I'm going to do a poor job.
1: Uh, well, okay, so. Um, You're working in a windowless environment, which is essentially a safe and it'll have thick walls that are not easily penetrable by signal or person or any kind of, you know, munition. And the reason it's like that is because there's information which is considered to be sensitive or highly sensitive. And within those walls, you will have maybe a discreet. Operating system, uh, computer systems, signals, you know, in the old day would have had a telegraph that was only used for certain purposes and it would have received, you know, sensitive information, the old-fashioned cryptographs, things like that. And the reason you have them is because there are some things both in a government, in a defence force and similarly in business that are your crown jewels and you'll do everything you can to protect those versus, you know, if it's the um, logistics supply cupboard where I'm keeping all my army blankets, eh, not so secure. They can have windows. They can be in a little store near the front of the base. That's not so – I mean, I'm not in any way devaluing the life of the person sitting behind the counter. But of I'm just saying for all of us with when it comes to security, the first thing we want is a, just a, a roadmap, an understanding of what have you got and what is your absolutely no-fail, this can't be compromised? And then what's, what's the order rating? So, you know, that it's nice to start with a, some kind of stock take or audit okay. to understand that. And then so for the military and, and plain, you know, federal government, state government, they'll have the equivalent of a SCIF because that's where their crown jewels are.
0: So my first question is, is it possible to create a space similar to a, a SCIF in an online space or in a cyberspace?
1: Do you want the, I'm going to want to make people feel paranoid afterwards or I want people to feel warm and fuzzy afterwards? I want the real answer. No. I didn't think so. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Do you think there ever will be? Not based on the current format of technology because the current format of the internet um, was based on being an open, open information sharing source yeah. and we've retrofitted it ever
0: since. Yeah. That's true. It's fascinating. It's just meant to be sharing information amongst, like, researchers at universities and things. Mm-hmm. And it's become something else entirely. Um, exactly. The other SCIF-related question I have is, um, in you know, October, I think this year, Republican lawmakers in the U.S. pretty much stormed into a SCIF meeting um, <laughs> and they took their electronic <laughs> devices with them, I think, to prove mm. a point. Uh, I don't think anything happened to them as a result. (laughs) But what could have happened because they had the electronic devices with them? Just
1: curious. So the the potential, there's a few things. The potential is that they were then unwittingly broadcasting. So let's say person A has a a bit of a gym junkie syndrome. So they've got five different apps and um, they're downloaded to track their heart rate, to track uh, how many steps to send this back to a um, open source device, which will then tell them how fit they are and how many calories they burned and what their blood pressure is. So in, in that app, it turns out there's a well-known flaw that this person doesn't know about, and it's actually turned their device into a recording and sending device. So now anytime they're within you know, a three-meter proximity of anything that's being recorded and sent on, Oh my God. So now they've walked into a sensitive environment, and they're now broadcasting everything heard seen, and that could be electronic signal, not just human voice. Um, it oh. might even be keystroke. It's all now, you're now transmitting. this is this is foul and contrary to the entire logic behind having a skiff. Then um, the other problem with this is we don't know at what point the device comes in and out of that contact. And forevermore, this person has provided, let's say they were in there for 30 minutes. They provided 30 minutes of this unique data and now, brought attention to themselves as someone that can go in and out of sensitive areas. Oh. So, if I were watching this person, if I'd been even socially engineering them mildly, I'd be like, "Oh, this is now a contact of interest." And I'm, I'm going to up my game, and I'm going to compromise a few more things on that device because, holy moly, they got me into the crown jewels. I didn't know it at the time, but I'm just going to wait for them to get back in there.
0: Yeah, I remember at the time that I heard that, I was incensed and kind of shocked. I can't believe they did that. But I wasn't entirely sure what the worst case scenario could be. And since you mentioned the Fitbit, I wanted to ask another couple questions about things I could put on my phone that would be a really bad idea. I know that I don't have TikTok because I'm a paranoiac. <laughs> <laughs> my kind of go. <laughs> but I don't know enough information to be as paranoid. Well, I mean, I have the wrong passwords, though, so don't say I'm that much. Um, I'm paranoid about like location services are always off. I've got some things that I'm just really weird about. No Siri, no. Um, mm. But what
1: apps are particularly? Are you allowed to say what apps are particularly <laughs> dodgy? Um, or? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not endorsed to say or not to say. But I will say that every time I'm forced to go onto Zoom, it's just this cybersecurity. Oh, okay, I'll do it. And then the minute that call or webinar or interview's over, I've deleted it from my machine. I've oh, double dear. deleted it. I've taken. So it's not that Zoom hasn't responded well to the demand it has. It's just that for the last two years, I wouldn't install Zoom because of all the breaches. Um, it seems to me that when there's an open source, safe into an encrypted version of the exact equivalent, and it's at no cost, and it's called JITSI, J-I-T-S-I. And again, I'm not in any way sponsored by them. Why would I use Zoom?
0: Let me just write this down right now because we've been doing a lot of
1: J-I-T-S-I, J-I-T-S-I. And if you're already in the Microsoft Office suite, who I'm not going to say people don't attempt to get into that every single day, but they also spend more in cybersecurity every single day than I even want to retire on. Right, So they're, they're really alive to the risk. So if you're already on the Microsoft Office, Suite, just use Teams. Uh, you know, it's already there. It's already set up and it's it's got all the, um, all the features of Zoom. Having said that, I, I note that just I think in the last 36 hours, Zoom has acquired... Another uh, communications company, don't ask me the name, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they specialise in encryption. So it could be that Zoom has listened to a lot of the criticism from some of the geeks and is now working to fix it, but it is a backwards fix. If you've been using Zoom on the free 40-minute call, I want mm-hmm. you to be aware that in the T&C, the terms and conditions, you have already said they have permission to record and reuse the entire 40 minutes.
0: Oh god, every seriously time. <laughs> okay, well, now that I know that, my 9-year-old can no
1: longer Zoom with his friends. Hey, I on- mean, it's you know, and this is the tricky thing. Uh, if 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 the school itself And I've approached, you know, my children's school and and explained my background and could you consider every single school student, every single school and teacher, Microsoft Teams, free, hello, why are you using Zoom? Because people are trendy creatures, aren't they? Yeah, you latch onto what you know, and somehow, I guess, Jitsi spent no money in advertising. They, the, Those silly old fools, they spend it all in security. So <laughs> we all... <laughs> we what sorry. i sorry. Right? I've never heard of Zoom until the whole COVID
0: thing crops up, and then everybody's <laughs> like, hey, I'm Zooming, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay, I better get the Zoom. Um, right. So, <laughs> and, and
1: that's, So hence, it's called Zoom bombing. We've never heard of Jitsi bombing or Teams bombing. Oh, There's God. a reason. And I'm not... Look, I'm not... I'm really not going to uh, rain on anyone's parade. In an emergency, everything is open. So it, people might say to me, well, EJ, would you ever jump in a vehicle with no brakes? And actually, I'm going to give you the lawyer's answer, which is it depends. And they'll be like rolling their eyes. I go, hey, wait, what's, what's the situation? Is this an emergency where I'm at the bottom of the hill? I need to get to the top of the hill because someone's dying. I know I can go to a slow roll and get out of the car with no brakes.
0: No, and I completely emergency. agree with you. I have a I, right? I have a little bit of a lawyery point of view with everything.
1: I'm a little, so, I'm a little you, slippery. You know, I get it. <laughs> we're flexible. We bend like a weed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not brittle. I just so, so, I just like you know, to have
0: all, all contingencies
1: worked out. That's all. Thank you. So so in terms of what people have been doing with Zoom, absolutely. You know, you were in a boat that flooded, you jumped into a life draft. On the side it said Zoom. I get it. Well done. You and your business have survived. And now, two months later, are you going to keep living in that life raft or are you going to start making a plan for how your business goes forward from now on? In which case, I suggest let's row over to the shore called cybersecurity and you pick something that's going to work for you and your team long term because this this was just a life raft. Now, it may be in the next 30 days, Zoom in this new business, it's um, merged with or acquired. Go places. Yes. And I can reassess. But, but for right now, uh, it's, it's not, I don't love that platform.
0: A last question and a little comment, which I think is funny. In my notes from Kate, who is one of my producers who, you know, I do. Kate says to me in my notes, look, both of you love acronyms. Remember, the audience might not know what they are. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. But anyhow, um, the last question I have for you is something I want to do for the audience. Could you give a couple tips to the audience to make sure that their life online is a little bit more secure? Let's just leave them a little bit more secure than we found them.
1: Please. Thank you. Please and thank you. Okay. So first thing I would like you to do is to see me and my team. We're an owl and we've just flown into you in your space right now, in your home office. But we're not like a scary owl, we're a cute snowy owl. And I've landed on your shoulder. Tell me what I can see. So how are you operating even your laptop? Is it facing a window or is it facing, facing against a window? If it's facing a window, does that mean when I walk past outside on your street or I'm in a flat 20 levels above, but I can look into your flat, can I see what's happening on your screen? And, okay, maybe what's on your screen is for a fleeting moment, but if I've got a camera, fleeting moment is irrelevant. So that's the first thing Al wants to look at. I want to look at your physical security. Tell me how easy it is to get into your apartment house building. Al's looking around. Al's using that that 360. I'm, you know, me, My team and I, were looking around. We're looking around. How easy is it for me to just literally come walk in, take your device out? Why bother hacking you if you don't bother locking your door? So it's my first step as an owl, okay? And in our next step as an owl, I'm going to say to you, so you mentioned passwords and you go guilty silence. And I go, okay, owl isn't here to judge. Owl's here to get you to safety. The reason we don't reuse passwords is we want to break a hacker's heart. What makes a hacker happy is if they've brute forced one of your passwords, (laughs) And it was just your, I don't know, drive through McDonald's password. So you didn't put too much effort into it. In fact, you called it Flapjack <laughs> or you called it your favorite football team, whatever, which is going to be really obvious when I scroll through your Facebook page because I'm social media. I'm there. I'm profiling you. And so then that password. I just need to add a couple of digits. Oh, I don't know, like your birth date or your anniversary date, which again you've put through social media, and I now have all your passwords and you have just made my hacker's heart leap for joy. So the owl wants you to break the hacker's heart. So we're going to say unique and separate and difficult password for every single thing. And you go, oh, that is such a pain. Oh, I... Ugh, bleh. And I say, I know, I know it is. And, and that's why it breaks a hacker's heart because once they found one, it didn't get them the entry into your Amazon account. It didn't get them entry into your Netflix account. It didn't get them entry into your bank account. It didn't, it only got them that one thing. So how do I make that many unique different passwords? If you like, use the password generator on your machine. If you don't like, I'm a big fan of situational passwords. So right now, in front of me, I can see a teacup because I'm an addict. I can <laughs> see a charger because I'm a geek, <laughs> and I can, and I can see some chocolate. We won't need to discuss why that's visible. Uh, so the password I'm going to make for you right now, but which you're not going to use because we all hear it, is T capital T E A, charger capital C H A R G E R. And then it's chocolate, but I'm just going to abbreviate it because I've got plenty of letters by now, capital C-H-O-C. And the time by the military clock is 1515. So I'm just going to put two digits, one five, and then I'm going to put an exclamation mark or a question mark or a dash or a slash. And I've just given you a really secure password because it's not a logical sentence. It's not the lines of a song. It has no meaning, upcase, lowercase, numerics. That's a really good idea. And then I'm going to go to my little iPhone and I'm going to open my uh, note, which I didn't call passwords just because I'm so secret squirrel. <laughs> call no, you it call it list. something
0: like the Republic of Bees.
1: <laughs> Actually, I might open that. It sounds interesting. I call shopping list because no one looks or what I need to clean in the house. No one looks. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, you got me. <laughs> Ironing pile, um, things that need mending. And then it goes in there and then you lock that note. So that's number 1. And if you want more password inspiration, anyone in the audience listening, go to howtogeek.com and in their search engine just put up passwords and they'll tell you how to make a complex password. This is great. They look and this is the thing, I've got no magical cure. I just have things that work. And the next one, if you groaned at password, you're going to double groan at this, but bear with me. Multi-factor authentication. Oh! No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've gotten locked out so many times.
1: Right. So if it locks you out, what's it going to do to the, the hacker's heart?
0: Well, yeah, I, I, it's going to break everybody's heart.
1: <laughs> right. It shouldn't break your heart because we now know we can write it down somewhere, right? Yes, that's true. Good point. The second one, if you're using, for example, an authenticator, um, like there's a Microsoft Authenticator, there's a Google Authenticator, you don't need to remember anything. It'll just, it'll just you, you open up your second device and you just punch in the numbers. So the reason you do multi-factor or um, two-factor authentication, which can be abbreviated to MFA and 2FA, and I apologise to the whole world at large for the abbreviations in, in the tech world, it's just <laughs> something we do, Um All it means is I have more than one password. And banks have already been making us do it for years and we suck that up. And why do they do it? Because they have money and value. And we need to start seeing our data as valuable. It's the new oil and it is valuable. It isn't just, oh, but I only ever post, you know, pictures of my family and dog. No, (laughs) all of your data, I can social engineer you through it. Every device that you're on should have a unique password and every device that you can gives you an option. Use multi-factor because it's a quantum difference in time. I might brute force that password that we made up with the tea and the and the chocolate. Let's say I can brute force that in, I don't know, 28 days and then I'm in. But if you've added multi-factor, make that 20 months. It's how to break a hacker's heart. I love this. Okay. All right, you so got me. I you it's know, a lot it's of another work, but ten I'm 20, or twenty I, I know it it completely stinks. It's ten or twenty seconds more of your life. But every single time you've spent that ten or twenty seconds more, you've given yourself months guarantee. It's worth it. No, it is worth it. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then one the last thing, and, and I mean, because I could keep going forever, and none of these cost money. They just cost the energy to do it. It's just, they energy, just and cost memory. The energy to do it. <laughs> Everyone that's working from home. Uh, please, I beg you, if you didn't change the factory settings on your modem, I can just drive to your street and put in the factory setting, which will either be four zeros or it'll be password 123, and I now own your modem. Please go and change the factory settings. Please have a unique password. And I don't mind if you don't change the name of your device to something like, you know, my name is Bob. I don't mind that. You, you can leave it with its factory default name but for goodness sakes check that because why people say why what does that matter I don't mind sharing my Wi-Fi because that's potentially sharing every piece of data that crosses your internet yeah
0: I I didn't know exactly that you had to anyway but I had heard that you could just kind of drive by with the right kind of information <laughs> I could see
1: si- I could yeah I could be sitting outside your house and yeah. just taking it all day and that that's a segue into public wi-fi the reason we don't use public wi-fi except again there's always an, a, there's, a, there's an exception if it's an emergency i'm lost okay public wi-fi get your google map
0: generally i do but, not again the paranoia right,
1: in me. i'm perfect but the, and the same reason is the cyber criminal has had all day and night and months and years to figure out the wi-fi to get in so it just waits for someone like you to come along and then it's like okay and now I'm going to get into their machine. So it's just an extra level. And really never do your banking on public Wi-Fi. That's something
0: there, there that There shouldn't ever be that a kind of
1: emergency, really. <laughs> you know, if you're having to do banking that urgently that are using public Wi-Fi, I've got a question. Is it already that you're being subject to a, a, some kind of scam because nothing should ever be that urgent? I'm just saying I've seen people on their banking apps. Um,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, and that's quick one which anyone can do um have I been owned and yeah, if you I've, just I've been owned I've gone on to that <laughs> you know what it's a very unusual person that comes up green and I'm not actually a big fan of uh, mandatory changing your password every six or twelve months in fact if you have a strong password like the one we just described and went through or the one you can find how to do on geek.com. Then you don't need to change it. But for every three months, I'm asking you to go into Have I Been Owned, which yeah. is spelled with a P. But if you go into any of the search engines and do Have I Been, it'll pop up. You enter every single email, whether it's your work or personal, and if any of them come up amber or red, you now change all of them. Sorry.
0: Well, I did change everything at that point.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah, but not 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 to just three passwords, right? Mm-mm. <laughs>
0: I'll be going home and changing everything again, so don't worry about it.
1: (laughs) Well, that's your night sorted out. I'll be doing my (laughs) toenails.
0: Nice glass of champagne, changing passwords, sexy, sexy. Looking forward to it.
1: But you'll feel so secure. You're going to sleep like a baby.
0: Thank you so much, Wise Owl EJ. I really appreciate it for me just just me myself I appreciate <laughs> this and also on behalf of my um, listeners who I have a feeling are really going to need this a bit some of them um and also thank you for the fascinating stories I just think going from park ranger to military lawyer to I, I, all of it it's a, it's a fascinating life story and I really appreciate the conversation and just flat out like I love talking to people about their interesting stories. So I, I thanks
1: so much. That's my pleasure. And thank you so much. And yeah, just imagine Al is looking at you. What do I see? And it, you, you'll already have the answer. All of you.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> thank you so much and have a great day. You too. Bye.